So it's nice to be gathered with all of you. Any questions tonight? Yes, Mahapur. I was wondering, how much does a sadhaka have to know to be successful on this path? As far as sastra goes. Mm-hmm. As much as you have intelligence and aptitude for that. So the point is that just as your senses have to be engaged, your mind has to be engaged, your intelligence also. Hmm? And we have different levels of intelligence. We were talking last night a little bit about different qualities of intelligence. In a kind of a basic sense, as I was explaining, we have some, to be here, we have some considerable sattvic influence in our intelligence that doesn't allow us to be satisfied to live in a world where things don't endure. Hmm? Sattva is about endurance, even the material mode of sattva. Hmm? Um, Another meaning of the word sattva is existence. So, uh, of course, people could... Well, anyway, so in, in a basic sense, some sattvic influence. And... Uh, and then within that, different measures of that. So some people are troubled and burdened by having bigger intelligence. And then they have to think about the scriptures and the meanings in different ways. And and that intelligence has to be satisfied. It's uh, more voracious hmm, than in, in others. So if it can be harnessed, hmm? like I often say, you have to use your mind or your head, I should say, to soften your heart. So, to harness your head and harmonize it with your heart and then use the head to, so- to soften the heart, this is the idea. Um, and and so, a person of considerable, let's say, quantity of intelligence then would have to apply themselves more in terms of the scriptural argument and understanding it and so forth in order that their intelligence might be more readily engaged. Uh, At least this is one of the typical ways Krishna says in the Gita, at the end of the Gita, that those who study this book um, very carefully, understanding every word, they worship me with their intelligence. Hmm? So, but all of our intelligences have to be harnessed and engaged, and it's difficult you know, to do. I mean, on, on a level of material hierarchy, you have the objects of the senses, you have the senses, you have the mind, and you have the intellect. Hmm? And so, senses means the body. So if I say, man, you're fat, you know, uh, someone might get offended. Hmm? But not think that much of it. Yeah, anyway, uh, I'm comfortable with it. But if I say you're stupid or something like that, that you're more upset, tend to be more upset. Or if I say, you know, you should see a doctor hmm? because you, your health is looks like it's, you know, it's a concern. Somebody's not going to take that too seriously or get offended by that necessarily. And they might even appreciate it. But if I say, you need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> anyway. What, what are you saying? I'm great, you know, so crazy. So, so the point being that as we go up on the material hierarchy, it, the matter becomes more and more subtle. The more subtle it becomes, the more similar, although categorically different, it becomes to consciousness proper. 
Hmm? So the whole subtle body, the mental system, for example, is the medium through which the atma, which is which is different substance than matter altogether, it the mind mediates the experience of gross matter for the the, the atma. All the experiences go on in the mind. Hmm? And the mind has, is called the sixth sixth sense. And if the other senses are lined up with sense objects, but the mind is not lined up, then we won't experience them, right? So if you see something with your eye, but your mind is somewhere else, then you won't see it. So you go to in the room here and you go away and, did you see that? I didn't see that. No, you know, it was there on the wall. Um, because the mind was, or I didn't hear that, because my mind was somewhere else at the time. Hmm? So the mind's powerful, it's the sixth sense, it's kind of the central, I don't know, uh, software hmm? of the computer, uh, of the body, if you will. And so messages, sensual, tactile, and audio, uh, audio, and so forth, uh, visual impulses are related to the mind, and, and some kalpa-vikalpa makes these decisions. I like this, I don't like that, this is good, this is bad, this is happy, this is sad, and identity is created. You are your happies, your sads, your goods, and your bads, and the message of the Gita is, <laughs> uh, this is a false I. Your I, as I often say, is determined by your sense of my, which means your desires, your likes and dislikes, is as false as your sense of proprietorship. You don't really own anything, and the I that arises out of that doesn't endure either. Hmm? Right? So, uh, at any rate, this mind, it's all, it's kind of the world of the mind. It's, it's, it's a very small world, but we like it because we are allowed to think we're big inside of it. Coming out of it, we find out we're small, but if we come out in the right way through bhakti, we come in touch with the one who is big, and the way in which he is big is by affection. Hmm. So he's big in affection. So it's okay to be small hmm. next to one who is big by measure of love and affection, kindness, generosity, and so on and so forth. Hmm. So at any rate, mind um, is more subtle my point was then the senses, and the sense is more subtle still than the sense objects, and above mind is this intelligence. But the mind, my mind may say, I like this. It might say, I don't like this. Mind might say, I like this. But intelligence may say, but it's not good for you. Hmm? But then we, we, we err, so to speak, and follow the mind rather than the intellect often. And intellect is to be trained spiritually to think to to to, to, to make determinations based on um, scripture the advice of the saints their examples and so on and so forth so at any rate as we go up this hierarchy materially speaking things become more and more subtle these are really really like planes like dimensions mind intellect that's why i was saying the other day you can't just go out in space so many miles and meet brahma Loka, it's a, it's a dimension. It all has to do with the Sankhya, description of matter in the Bhagavatam. It's a very complex 
affair because of the way we think about matter. Even without thinking about it, we think about it in a certain way hmm? because the world thinks about it in a certain way and teaches about it. We experience it in a certain way. Um, so you're not going to see gods and goddesses very readily, but there is a way to experience mind stuff, if you will, the plane of mind. Hmm. Um, you know, it's said, for example, that there's uh, you can't see color. Hmm. Yeah, I won't go into it. It's, it's the whole description of matter. It's it's, it's complex. But anyway, uh, to your point, the intellect is is more subtle. Hmm. In, 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 in Gayatri, Brahma Gayatri, you have Bur Bhuvaswa. It's talking about the physical, the mental, and the intellectual realms, all of which, Tat Sabitur, are illuminated by the self. It is the Sabitur, the light of the world that gives meaning to, to physical, mental, and intellectual uh, reality. Hmm? But as we go up the ladder, as I say, intelligence is more subtle than mind. Hmm? And so, if I insult your intelligence, uh, you take more, more, more offense. We, in other words, our identification with it is more subtle. I can say you're not the body. You can go with that. If I can say you're not your mind, your intellect. It's intellect is the way that you're accustomed to thinking. Well, with your mind that you know. Hmm? Our teaching is that it's getting in the way of your knowing. That to, to to stop uh, the thinking, so to speak, and this possibility of, of, of knowing hmm, what you could not know by thinking and, and so forth. So anyway, intellect is very subtle. Hmm, and we can, therefore, also gather scriptural knowledge with the intellect and think we've gone somewhere and, and we, we may, may have not gone anywhere. Hmm. That's why I say you have to use the head to soften the heart. It has to be very practical. Hmm? Yoga is practical, practical action. Hmm? So to take what you have got, scriptural knowledge, and that's why we have to listen to a class, uh, not for our intellectual stimulus or entertainment, but to listen submissively means to hear something that I can put into practice, a point that I know is true, and I can take that and let that enter my heart and make that a building block for the house of bhakti that I'm trying to erect there. Hmm? This is this is a special kind of hearing. You have to be careful not to hear just to titillate the intellect and the show's over and what do you want to do now? You know? No, if you've heard properly and, and even the class is just one good point, you know, that's true. Hmm? Then you embrace that when you walk out the door. Your life is changing because you're putting it into practice. So, your question anyways, how, how much do I have to, does anyone have to study the scripture? How much do they have to know? The one who is most qualified to tread the path is said to be very well versed in, this, in the scripture, right? Shastra Nipun, Shastra Yukti, Dridhanischaya, these are all the adjectives that uh, Rupa Goswami uses to describe the person, the Adhikar, the person who is most eligible to tread the path. It's not like it's not like one doesn't tread the path until they become very learned, and then they're. But as they go along the path, their eligibility increases. So it does also speak to some extent about uh, realization, hmm? understanding, 
knowledge to someone again in a practical way and, and, and so forth. But again, according to the measure of your intellect, so everybody's not troubled by a big intellect and, and, and doesn't have to um, make the same effort to harness it. And if they do, of course, then they can do good service with that purified intellect and teach and and so on and so forth. But um, we have the two Bhagavatas, the book Bhagavat and the person Bhagavat. So hmm, some people may just not have the intellectual capacity to study the Bhagavatam very well, for example, uh, which is the natural commentary on the sutras, which is the logic of all the sacred texts. So it's... it's um, it's meant to arrest the intellect. The Bhagavatam actually kind of invites the intellect. Come on, come, hmm. invite you, hmm. come in, examine. What does Krishna does Kaviraj Goswami say in Chaitanya Charitamrita? The same spirit. What is the verse? Siddhanta Bhulia. No, that's another thing. Yeah, he said, don't, he's making an argument, a scriptural argument there that's controversial in his time. The argument is, is the second chapter of the Adi Lila of Chaitanya Charitamrita, that Krishna is the source of Narayan, and if that's not enough, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. <laughs> so he makes a long argument there, scripture and reasoning and so forth and so on. In the end he says, I know this is controversial. He's just, he's at the beginning. We talked about his book the other day, establishing the sampradaya, taking the works of the Goswamis, in, in written in Sanskrit, t- turning it into Bengali, hmm? the uh, uh, spoken language of the time to give it to the common people. Hmm? It's a huge um, contribution, Krishna Goswami. In the essence what the Goswamis were saying in a covert way, even, about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prabhupada used the analogy of in like a needle, out like a plow. With regard to who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, the Goswamis went in like a needle. They're mostly writing about Radha and Krishna. But if you're intelligent enough or quick enough to... uh, spiritual enough... (laughs) You could see they're writing, they're not making, they didn't write books about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They wrote commentaries about Bhagavatam, about Krishna Leela, and so forth, because they offered their obeisance to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the whole book about Krishna. Obeisance to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whole book about Bhakti Rasa. They're not, they don't have biographies of Chaitanya, some astakams glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but very small. Uh, and they're trying to do a very big thing. They're trying to establish in the world the Chaitanya Sampradaya. And that requires establishing, again, that Krishna is the source of Narayan, Krishna is two Bhagavan Swayam. And that's like, whoa, wasn't, wasn't a, that idea was not out and about. Hmm? Narayan is, Krishna is one of the avatars of Narayan, so it's a very different idea. And then on top of that, if that's not enough, as I say, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna. Whoa. But they did it, the Goswamis, like I say, in like a needle, because you can only say so much, uh, you know, when you're preaching. You have to sometimes, can't tell everything. Hmm? But they told everything. But in this regard, somewhat in a covert way, they went in and they wrote about Krishna Leela, Radha Krishna Leela, 
in their commentaries in such a way that if you study, you see there has to be a Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? We find Krishna in Rasa Leela, hmm? disappears, goes off with Radha, disappears from Radha. The gopis console Radha. They go to the bank of the Jamuna. They do kirtan. Krishna reappears. Hmm? Why did he leave? It's a big question. They themselves ask him. He replies. Hmm? There he explains, the measure of your love is extraordinary. I wanted to showcase it. Hmm? Hmm? Not only that, I want to taste it. And this is, the limits of my leela are such that I can't. Hmm? What is it about Radha in particular that makes her the way she is? Hmm? I thought that I was God. Everybody worships me. But I worship her. Don't tell anybody. But so he's thinking, what's going on here? He's having an esoteric, or what we say, an existential crisis, Krishna. Hmm? And then he, he's very clever, so he realizes, no, it's okay. I am God. Because what makes her the way she is and worshipable by me is that she sees something in me. Something in me does that to her. Something in me that I can't see makes her the way she is. So it's, it is about me. This is very interesting. <laughs> hmm? But it's in her, manifesting in her. The one becomes two to really fully manifest himself. Hmm? All that the divinity is hmm? comes out in the two, and the two come together. The coming together means he's figuring these, this, this out. Huh. So in order to, to know himself more fully, he has to see from her side. Hmm? And then if you understand that, you realize there has to... What's next? What's the next act? Hmm? Hmm? Of course, the Bhagavatam just goes on, chapter after chapter, and you go into the Matura Leela and the Dwarka Leela. You study it carefully through the books of Rupa Goswami, for example, like the Vidagda Madhava, the Lita Madhava, you see these Leelas are all reflecting back on the Braj Leela and its importance and the Gopis Leela. But there's a hidden Gupta, hidden chapter... Hmm? must be there. It's not about, and this verse says, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is God's thief, and from this Purana over here, all those verses can be interpreted in different ways. But the psychology of Krishna, the Goswamis, how they could understand that, hmm? it, it, it more loudly than anything else, says, there must be a, Krishna has to have resolved this situation. Hmm? And in order to do that, well, it has to be a different Leela. What's different about it? How can it be different? Hmm? Krishna's one of Krishna's qualities that he is that is what? Leela Madhurya. Hmm? Prema Madhurya. That he's surrounded by devotees endowed with a special kind of prema. No other avatar has that quality. Nor nor Narayan. Or any of his avatars. Prema Madhurya. Hmm? And what is what is what is this uh, idea? Krishna is trying to understand the prema madhurya of Radha. So it has to be Krishna. It can't be another avatar. He can't do it as another avatar. Hmm? It has to be himself. Hmm? So another leela with himself, but the position is going to be reversed. He is going to be rather than the object of love. He's going to be the embodiment of the love. Hmm? 
that Radha is, or we're going to try to be. It's a very extraordinary idea. I've likened it to the Gaur Leela like a reverse jacket. The Krishna Leela is, is black with gold cuffs, you know. And, and, and then it, you reverse it out, and it's gold with black cuffs. This is Gaur Leela and, and, and Krishna Leela. Hmm? And all the associates go with them, and it's this extraordinary dimension, if you will. Now that they've opened the door to this, like, hmm, other dimension of Krishna Leela, secret, secret dimension of Krishna Leela. And it's such a secret dimension, but it itself is giving Krishna Leela like anything. Hmm? Krishna Das Kaviraj describes it, Gaur Leela is like a fountain from which innumerable streams of Krishna Leela are flowing in all directions. So which comes first? Gaur or Krishna? You, the deeper you go into Krishna Leela, you find yourself in Gaur Leela. You go deeply into Gaur Leela, you find yourself in Krishna Leela. Hmm? Very extraordinary. Hmm. So, well, how did I get onto that side? But uh, we... we in terms of your, your, your question, you can remind me if you can think of the, the thread of the thought here. But nice thoughts. But um, but I was saying what two types of Bhagavatas. There's the book Bhagavatam. There's the person Bhagavatam. Hmm. Then you mentioned Krishna as Kaviraj, his, his revolutionary idea, and you're going to tell us a verse. A verse of Krishna, where he states. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. So. So Krishna Das, I was saying that uh, that uh, don't shy away from uh, from controversy, hmm? right? What was the point? That don't shy away from controversy. He was making a controversial point. Strengthens your by engaging your intelligence. Then yeah it's 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 like taking metal and sticking it in the fire and then pulling it out before it melts and it gets harder or something like that so intelligence sh- should be should be engaged Krishna made the argument and at the and, and at the end of his argument he says don't shy away from this hmm? this controversy it comes to strengthen you hmm? So it, it's uh, some uh, Bhagavatam. I was saying, this is my point. Bhagavatam says, bring your intelligence, bring it on, hmm? apply it fully, hmm? and we'll put it in its place. Intelligence is not a means of knowing comprehensively. Tarko apartishtanat. By reason, by logic, you never get any standing. The sutra says, because there's always another reasoning. And if you say, well. There's another reasoning besides that, too, and we say that's our point. Hmm? If I say my reasoning is that reasoning is never conclusive, then you can say, well, that's not conclusive either. And you can say, that's my point. <laughs> right? So re- reason, by, by reason, you can't arrive at comprehensive knowledge, perfect knowledge. And what is perfect knowledge? That knowledge by which we become perfectly happy. Hmm? If you want perfect knowledge, you need a perfect method. This is the head is not in the method. This is the method. You have to fold the hands. This is the perfect method. If you love someone, what? As that many times they tell you all your secrets, all their secrets. It's very practical. If you love someone, they will tell you all their secrets. Hmm? If you just try to go with your head and know them, well, they'll, they'll suspect you. Hmm? You want to approach Bhagwan and know everything that could be known. You can't go 
just with your head there. Hmm? No, you have to go with your heart. Hmm? Give your heart. Then you say, okay, now I know all your secrets. Okay, you've given your heart. So, okay, now I'll give you mine. I have nothing to worry, fear. You've given me your heart. <laughs> hmm? So I can tell you everything. Hmm? But if we do give our heart, that means that our head and the rest of our body will be engaged, right? Hmm? The heart is like the chariot on which the body is riding. When Ramananda Roy uh, was told by Mahaprabhu, stay in your post here in South India. I'm going further south. I'll go back to Puri. And, you know, when I get there, I'll talk to the king, something like that, see if I can get him to bring you up here. Well, I think Ramananda just went anyway. The king gave him a pass and extra pay and everything. But Mahaprabhu was a little surprised to find him there already. He said something like that, what can I do? Hmm? The heart is like a chariot, whoever, you know, it goes, so the one has to follow, the body has to follow, the mind has to follow. Hmm? People ask, how can I pay attention to my chanting? Give your heart. <laughs> your mind will follow. Give your heart to it. Hmm? Exercise your heart in the chanting. Your mind will, will follow, pay attention. Hmm? You think, well, I could, I could smoke, you know, some some sort of they smoke, and they say it gives power, concentration. You know, this isn't this artificial, this is, or other type you know, ideas. But this is the bhakti to give your heart, mind will follow. Hmm? So the Bhagavatam invites our intelligence only to put it in its place. Hmm? That it's 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 not you know its place is not on the altar. Hmm? These places to bow down before the altar hmm, and be applied hmm, in Krishna consciousness. So you can't avoid engaging your intelligence either. Hmm? You have to do that. Hmm? And so scripture is a good way. Hmm? Um, uh, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Bhagavatam, really, it really does, it really does put the intelligence in its place. It's a challenge. Like I said, Chaitanya Charitamrita, he's a challenge. This is an argument. Bring your logic, he says. Examine it. Bring it before this, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and you'll see where, who rules. You know, you, you, you take, let's take philosophy, you, different, different types of the, well, theology or even philosophy. There's the, you can't win an argument with another philosopher, another persuasion, necessarily, by the Gaudiya logic in philosophy. You, you, you might, but there's every chance that you won't, because the philosophy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is an attempt to explain something that's beyond thought, beyond language. They do, we do a good job of it. Our Goswamis have done a good job, but there's always, well, you know, some gap is missing there, and there's an element of faith there, and so on and so forth. But if you argue, let's say, with the Mayavadis, hmm, you know, we're looking for people to create Sukriti and people have enough to pick up on it and can go with it. You, know, but you argue with the hardcore Mayavadi who's got Sukriti for, for Mayavad and Gyan, you have a very hard time converting him. But when you get to the point where, okay, you've got an argument, okay, i got an argument, then the trump card of Gaudi Vaishnavism is, anyway, ours is still more charming that you can't deny. 
Then he has to go, yeah, well, that's true. You know? And then we go on. And charm and beauty, that is really what the world is after, what the re- reality is about, and, and so forth. And we get energy for continuing the argument, if you will. And so, anyway, the Bhagavatam, as I say, it invites our intellect to come bring it, and it seeks to to take hold of it, arrest it, and then apply it according to the measure that we have. So don't, Krishna says, don't be lazy. You have to look and see, how am I using my intelligence? Am I using my intelligence to figure out ways to gratify my senses? That's not good. What's the use of it then? <laughs> Animals are gratifying their senses without the need for so much intelligence. Have you got to get intelligence just to do the same thing they're doing in a better way? And is there a better way to gratify your senses? Hmm? I suppose some ways are better than others, or for some time or something. But I mean, it's intelligence is for something more than that. Hmm? Intelligence is, is for becoming tame, right? We come out of the wild into the human birth, and what the intelligence is supposed to be tame. We're supposed to be polite. Say, you first, excuse me, thank you. And, um, you don't find that going on in the, in the, in the, in the, in the jungle. Hmm. The tiger doesn't say, okay, well, you know, go, go for it, you know, to the antelope, you know. That's my newborn, you know. Okay, well, give me one of the older ones, you know. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. So... We've got intelligence, but if we use intelligence just for bestial purposes, then we're the most dangerous animal, right? Mm-hmm. So intelligence is, is, is for another thing. It's for taming the senses. But then again, taming the senses is, is prim and proper and, and guarded and so forth. And, and we feel that spiritual life should be spontaneous. And it is so. You need to you need to use your intelligence to bring your senses in touch with Krishna. Then it goes wild, and you can run free, hmm? leave the vidi behind. Hmm? Like I said the other day, doing bhakti mistakenly is better than doing every other path perfectly. Hmm? Krishna says it in the Gita, in the sixth chapter. Well, if you know if you're unsuccessful in this yoga, hmm, you go to heaven. By doing it imperfectly, Arjuna was concerned. Well, what if I give up the Dharma, and then I'm not successful in yoga? What'll be my position? Krishna says, "Oh, even if you do this imperfectly, you'll get what you could get from doing the Dharma perfectly, hmm? and more. Don't worry about it." Hmm? Such is the importance of importance of experiential spiritual life, a mystical approach rather than just a religious lawful approach to the tradition. Mm-hmm. And that, in a mystical approach, this is where it becomes exciting. This is where the group becomes a cult, you know. <laughs> and, and it's... <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it's, it has this kind of missionary zeal and, 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 and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a surety and in, 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 there's a certainty. Hmm. There's a certainty within within an unknowing. There's an unknowing certainty. It's very fantastic. It's like when, in Iskon in years past, when 
when uh, uh, Om Vishnu Padre, Bhakti Bhaktivedanta Swami, Prabhupada was with us in writing and so forth. Every month, practically we have a 400-page book. We didn't know what was. You know, was un- there was some uncertainty. Is he going to have guys going to have a thousand heads in there, or, you know, ten arms, or what's going to happen next? You know, <laughs> like whatever. You know? So there was some uncertainty about where where we were going with all the people. We didn't want to get off the ride. You know, this love is like that. There is uncertainty within the certainty of love, and that uncertainty is what makes it exciting. So love is is a kind of movement. As I said before, we move in the world for want of love, and we cannot rest until we get it. But when we get love, then it has a movement of its own, right? Then we have to move in another way. But that's 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 this is this is that's beautiful. Leela is like that. Leela is movement. It's not sitting still, but it's not like the movement, obligatory movement. Of, of karma. We've taken and now we owe. So off to work we go. Hmm? Not like that. Hmm? Moving out of a perceived necessity. And the jnani says, why move if you're full? You're on empty. That's why you're moving. Stop moving for acquisition. Be full and sit. And then comes Mahaprabhu into Banaris, dancing and chanting. And by and bodies like Prakastan to say, What are you moving for? What's with the chanting and the dancing? You should be full as a sannyasi and sit and know and be. And he converted them all. I'm moving, he said, out of fullness. I'm so full I have to move. And I have to dance and celebrate my fullness. That's a different kind of movement, not out of a perceived emptiness or lacking. But out of fullness itself, moving. This is Krishna Leela. Hmm? Krishna is moving because of bhakti. Hmm? This is the force. Hmm? Krishna has qualities because of bhakti, form because of bhakti, Leela because of bhakti. Hmm? Otherwise, he's near Rishesh Brahma, sitting everywhere, nowhere to go. He's everywhere, nowhere to go, can't move. Hmm? He knows everything. What's there to do? <laughs> There's a mystery in Krishna. There's an unknowing in Krishna Leela. Hmm? This is the nature of love. It's a certainty, unknowing, certainty within unknowing. It's okay to be, to be uncertain. In fact, it's good. Hmm? Now, the intellect wants to know everything, arrest everything. Hmm? This is the problem. That's why it's not a, 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 a proper instrument for going there unto itself. Because by its nature, it, it's very, it's voracious. It wants to control. It wants to measure. And maya means, one of the meanings of the word maya is to measure. To capture it in the fist of your intellect, I've got it. Hmm? It's a, it, it wants to control the situation. It's up here, right? It wants to control the whole, look down and control the whole situation. Hmm? Krishna's not about to be right controlled. Hmm? No, hmm. the intellect's not a proper vehicle. Now you can train the intellect to work, to serve faith. Faith is the instrument for going. Faith is the vehicle for going there. Hmm? Faith comes from up to down. By sadhu sangha, we get that, and so we go. We begin the path. Adho shraddha. 
Tata, Sadhu Sangha, then another kind of Sadhu Sangha, where I get Sangha with those who have like-minded, who will help nourish my faith in their company, then I can progress systematically with help and guidance and so forth. And then I can retire things that are getting in the way, anarthas, and my, my practice can become steady, and the medicine can become food in ruchi, and it's okay to be attached in asakti because I'm attached to Krishna now. And then bhav comes. And from bhav comes praying. This is the way. So intellect is to be used and to be used by the intellect. That's unbecoming. Again, if we if if the intellect is makes an unholy alliance with the senses, just to figure out ways to do their bidding, to help them, to gratify, to come in touch with sense objects and so forth, it's very unbecoming. This is not to be smart, in the real sense of the term. This is this is this is to blunt your intelligence, to have your intelligence controlled by your senses when it's meant to control them, right? Hmm? And of course in bhakti then this intelligence is 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 is, is uh, again used to bring the senses in touch with sense objects only for the purpose of bhakti, only for the purpose of glorifying Krishna. Hmm? So we have to use our intelligence to do that. Hmm? That's its purpose. So you have to think it's how much of my intelligence I'm scheming there? Catch yourself. Hmm? What are you planning hmm? with that? Uh, um, and, you know, maybe there's should spend some time reading some books <laughs> instead, something like that. But again, uh, your question is, how much knowledge of the scripture do we have to know, right? Hmm? As much as you can. As much as you could digest, but everyone's not going to be a scholar of the Shastra. But we should attach ourselves to someone who is not just a scholar of the Shastra, but who who has kind of a scriptural type of genius. They've applied the scripture in such a way as to change their heart, their life, and be an example. And so there's two types of Bhagavatam, the book Bhagavatam and the person Bhagavatam. The differences, the number of differences, one is you could study the Bhagavatam with your intellect and know it pretty well hmm. and and not at the same time know it in a spiritual way by which you put it into practice and you change your heart. Hmm. That's a problem. But it's very difficult to serve the person Bhagavatam and have that happen. Hmm. Two types of Bhagavatam person and book and one one type is passive the other type is active so the book Bhagavatam is a passive agent of divinity and the person Bhagavatam is the active agent of divinity the difference between one difference between the passive agent and the active agent is the active agent can ask you so did you understand the passive agent can't the book can't the tape recorder can't hmm? someone was talking about tape recordings some 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 guru had said well Tape recording, you can't get Krishna consciousness from a tape. Hmm? It's like saying you can't get Krishna consciousness from a book. Hmm? Let's update, you know, <laughs> the times, you know. 
Yeah, now they weren't tape recorders thousands of years ago. Now there are. Hmm? But, again, both of these are passive agents of divinity. They're not active agents of divinity. So what is, when, you, when you really go and say you can't get Krishna conscious from a tape, you can say you can't get it from a book, hmm? um, you, you get it by taking what's in the book or the tape and pu- applying it in your life. That's how you get it. Hmm? Uh, if you don't do that, yeah, the, 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 yeah. But if you serve the person, Bhagavatam, the active agent of divinity, attach yourself to such a person, hmm, then hmm, you can get, you can learn the book. That person is about the book. So you can learn. So, you know, listen to my lectures. If you're my student, listen to my lectures. You'll learn everything there. Hmm. This is the shortcut to reading all the books. I've read them all for you, you know, many times, and put it together and explain the essence of them. And if you have more aptitude, then you can study them yourself and so forth. So it's not a answer. Is not well. This many books you have to know. You have to know this many verses. Um, the point is, your intelligence has to be fully engaged in Krishna service. Also, that's what nishta is about. Hmm? That means. Despite what the mind may say, you're engaged. Hmm. The intellect has become spiritualized. Hmm. It's not so much about studying. We study enough to understand this point. If you got this point, you don't have to study it all. Forget it. Hmm. One time, uh, Pramod Purigoswami told me that a man, a scholar, came to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and asked, that he, if he could, he wanted to learn the Bhagavatam from him. Hmm. So Siddhartha was a scholar himself. And so, uh, Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta said, if you want to learn the Bhagavatam, you talk to him. And he pointed to the gardener, the Mali, the gardener at the temple who was a devotee. Hmm. And the man was like, what kind of joke is that? And Purigoswami was there apparently, he said, and he, he was not being facetious or cynical in any way. He means this guy really understands the Bhagavatam. He's a living Bhagavata. Hmm? He's putting it in practice. He probably doesn't know any verses. So you have to have that kind of dynamic thinking. Hmm? Everybody can't learn everything about the theory. Hmm? That's just too much. The Goswamis, they give them too much. Hmm? But if you have a very voracious intellect, in capacity for that, then I should fill it up with that. Then you can teach. If if not, you're not at a loss. It, it's not a measure of your intelligence doesn't determine your capacity to be involved in Krishna consciousness and to and to, and to progress. <laughs> Whatever the measure is, it has to be engaged. That's the idea. Does that help? Okay, good. Good. Yes. I'd like to follow up on. Uh uh, the question Ram asked, asked the other evening regarding applying the intelligence uh, and following uh, the heart, and following the ideal of what could be my my position in service. Uh, because I've heard two things. Uh, you've mentioned that that's possible. To follow the guru, to follow his sentiment is a good thing with your intellect. And then I've also heard, well, just chant and 
whatever is your inclination will manifest. So I'm, I'm confused as to how to apply the intellect and, uh, and be cautious so that the intellect isn't applied improperly that could end in disaster or, or mis misdirection. Well, it's not going to end in disaster, first of all. Um, be, but the idea is that initially you, you can argue that the goal is fixed up. Hmm. And I've thought it out in relation to the scriptures, what the windows of opportunity the Sampradaya presents me, and how bhakti is acquired, hmm, and it's acquired, hmm, and who's I'm influenced by, my guru, what is his or her bhakti. Hmm? And so, if, if you want to be kind of like, if you're looking for like a safe approach, the way you're talking about, hey, you just follow my guru. Hmm? And so, I think that my goal and it, 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 what, how that applies at that stage is 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 not very significant in comparison to in the stage of asakti or ruchi or in bhav. Hmm? Um, so you just kind of put your mind at rest on the issue and go forward with the practices by which it will all come to pass. If Radharani wants to turn you into a gopi or something, you know, that's, that's not a problem. <laughs> it happened to Shamananda Pandit, right? He was in Sakiras, initiated in Sakiras. Arguably, he should have be developed Sakiras, but, hmm, but you know the story. When Gopika came and took him for Radharani's camps, I mean, it's a rare thing, but, could it, but it wasn't a problem for him. Hmm. So to intellectually cultivate or uh, you know, you know, you you say, okay, this is my goal. I'm going to I'm going to follow the Gopi Bhav. My you say, for example, my guru's in the Gopi Bhav. It's come to me like this, or in Sakuras, whatever it may be the case. So you follow, and then if the, if the, and then you could, for example, you can study those sections of the scripture that are about that. For example, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu tells a, this is a chapter on each of these different rasas and how they work. So you can study those things and what the components are, and so become acquainted with that. And if there's some liking, then it'll be easy to study those things. Hmm? Nishtas for that. Does that help? What else? What's the time? Three minutes before you. Okay, we we'll stop there. Shishi Gaurada Madhava Ki Jai. Gaurabhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaurabhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaurabhakta Vrinda Ki Jai.